Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. When you're in winter's favorite town, the snow-covered mountains surround you. A historic Main Street charms you. And every day brings a new adventure. Welcome to Park City, Utah. Naturally, winter's favorite town. <sighs> Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse football's huge matchup against Notre Dame and previewing Syracuse basketball's exhibition opener. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is former Syracuse linebacker and our great friend, Jake Flaherty. Jake, always a pleasure to catch up with you. How are you today? Wes, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Yeah, Jake, I'm doing great. And I want to get you started on this one. Syracuse is hosting Notre Dame on Saturday at the JMA Wireless Dome at noon. And there's going to be a very special guest singing the national anthem. That's you. Many people don't know that after your Syracuse playing days, you also had a great musical career. So tell me about the musical background and also the impetus that led you to singing the national anthem. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I was at Syracuse, obviously, I was uh, pretty bogged bogged down with my commitments to football and other academics, but uh, I used to sing at church uh, nearby and uh, various talent shows at Syracuse, and then I also used to sing at uh, sing the National Anthem at uh, basketball games, and I don't think I did any football games until after college, but um, I did, I came back to Syracuse uh, a couple times to do it, and uh, the way I got that gig was basically... You know, my dad had some teammates that he played with in the 60s, and the way I got involved with singing the, the anthem this coming Saturday was uh, because some of my dad's teammates uh, reminded him that, you know, your son was on the last team, I think, to beat Notre Dame back in 2008. And uh, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure we haven't beat them since then. Is that true? Yeah, I'm like 99% sure you guys were the last team, but I'm going to look it up later just to confirm. But anyway, so they started talking, and my dad just reached out to me, and he said, hey, would you would you do this? And I said, of course. And uh, you also get a couple of free tickets. Um, I don't know if I'm getting it for this game because it's sold out, but, um, you know, so always happy to, to come back to the university and be able to be on that stage. It's quite an honor. And as far as, you know, music in general, my mom was a classically trained piano player. 
I was a classically trained singer, and um, I taught myself the guitar and the piano, and uh, basically moved to New York a few years after college and started a band called Audio Revival. Um, we were actually nominated for uh, Best Rock EP by the Independent Music Awards uh, in New York back in 2016, so not too long ago. And then, uh, long story short, I ended up I found my way to Nashville where I've lived for the last uh, four years and I uh, really love it down here and, and uh, transition into tech somewhere in there. But uh, that's where the story gets complicated. The story gets complicated. <laughs> so, but that's, that's basically it. And it's just something that I've always loved probably just as much as football. And uh, you know, it's just, I've been, I've been blessed to be able to do a couple things that I feel passionately about, including startups Jake, you touched on this, but you played at Syracuse from 2004 to 2008. Your singing has added significance because you were the defensive captain of that 2008 team that went into South Bend and upset the Irish 24 to 23. It was one of the best wins of the Greg Robinson era at Syracuse. Thinking back on that game, what are some of your top memories? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I remember a lot about the the week of practice leading up to that game because, you know, Greg had been you know, fired basically. And, uh, I still remember, you know, him coming out to practice with just a lot of enthusiasm. Like it was day one. And I remember we were on, I was, you know, playing defense and a running back from our scout team, you know, broke through the line during a practice run and Greg actually ran up and like lowered his shoulder and, and, uh, put his shoulder right into the chest of the running back. And he was obviously doing it playfully, but, um, everyone got a kick out of it and he kind of I think he was kind of just trying to indicate to us that guys he's like hey you know what this is it this is this is all good you know like even though I lost my job like it's not your guys fault um you know let's still remember that this is a game that you're really supposed to have fun and at the end of the day it's an entertainment you know it's uh it's entertainment for spectators and it's supposed to be fun for the players and uh, so we, we ended up having a really good week of practice. And uh, it just kind of, you know, it just became uh, very real that, hey, like, we can beat this, we can beat this team. And, uh, you know, I believe it was their senior day. And, you know, whenever you play Notre Dame, you're looking at, you know, four- and five-star athletes, you know, across the board. Uh, <clears throat> and we just went out there and really from a, from an offensively, you know, Cameron – uh, Dantley made some great plays and then we went into the wildcat a bit and made some plays there. And, and then defensively, uh, I have two words to describe our defensive effort and that's Arthur Jones. And I, <laughs> I yeah. And I, and I remember, I, I'm pretty sure he had over 15 solo tackles and, uh, or something, something ludicrous. And, and, such an incredible performance that Greg Robinson after the game said it was the best performance he'd seen by a defensive player in his entire career, which, you know, coming from a two time Super Bowl champion is uh, you know, pretty nice compliment. But, you know, as far as the game itself for me, I remember covering Kyle Rudolph, who of course went on and played probably at least a decade in the NFL. And I'm looking at the cover of the South Bend Tribune right now, and that's a cu- picture of me on the cover, uh, p- 
knocking a pass away from Kyle Rudolph in the fourth quarter. And uh, probably was pass interference, but um, I also <laughs> made sure I made sure to open up my chest so it looked like I was just kind of like screening him off and um, and kept my hands up in the air so it didn't look like I was interfering with it. But with him and uh, they didn't call it, so it's not pass interference if they don't call it. So I mean I could go on and on, but it was it was of course a great day and you know we were all very hungry for a win and you know. Just it was it really it was really a great day and uh, I'm pretty sure I took some grass from South the South Bend field and you know somewhere in my closet but probably probably disintegrated but oh well <laughs> I would have taken as many mementos from that game as possible and uh, Jake let's talk about the current team Syracuse looked really good in that first half and nearly pulled off an upset against number four Clemson at Clemson but ultimately faded down the stretch for a 27-21 loss what were your thoughts on that game? Really just incredibly proud. Um, you know, I think that was a game that was we – we I think, you know, Wes, you and I, you know, we talk every week when they play almost it seems. And, uh, you know, we knew the team was for real. But uh, <clears throat> really just, you know, the strongest deals are forged in the hottest fires. And, you know, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't complain with, with their – with how hard they were playing and, you know, just, just the physicality and – defensive backs coming up the field and making tackles on the edge. And, um, you know, their, their, our front four was getting worn down a bit, but they just played hard. And uh, blows my mind that we had four turnovers, including one for a score and didn't win the game. Uh, I don't think I'll ever understand how that happens, but uh, obviously a lot more complicated than I'm making it seem. But, you know, can't, really just can't say enough good things about them. And, you know, I think that they – deserve to win but you know they they you know got cut got short a little bit there but I was really really proud of them Jake that loss dropped Syracuse to 6 and 1 but the Orange is still ranked 16th overall and still has a very good shot at landing a New Year's 6 game if they can continue to play at a high level just pulling back from that Clemson game I know you said you were proud of that effort but I'm sure you're really proud of the overall effort they've given this season so far Yeah just so proud and so proud of coach Babers too I mean like think about you know, everybody was kind of, you know, saying this is this could be the last year. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there was, you know, thinking of okay, who, how can we replace or who can we replace, and you know, all the different things that go on when things don't go well. And then, you know, he basically came out and just silenced the entire country. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I I think he I think he deserves Coach of the Year. And uh, I hope he gets it. And I hope uh, Coach Tony White, who I talk to almost every week after every game, and <clears throat> he uh, he's he's been incredible. I mean, what an incredible asset, and, you know, a player's coach. And um, hopefully we can hang on to him because I think he'll be uh, he'll be a special guy, special special coach someday, whether or not in the NFL or college. But I'm sure he can write his own ticket. Jake, you're going to sing the national anthem, and then Syracuse and Notre Dame are going to take the field. Give me your prediction on how you see that game going. Well, after I headbutt Mikel and uh, a bunch of the other guys <laughs> in the defense, I'm, uh, I'll probably go back. I'm actually going to go – I think I'm sitting in uh, with uh, Cliff Ensley up in, up in his uh, box there, which will be cool, and my dad will be joining me, and my brother will be joining me. And – we were all at the last time Notre Dame was at the Dome, which was in 2003, 
when we had a guy named Walter Reyes. I know you. I know you remember. Oh yeah, all time great. I think we're going to watch an incredible football game. I think. I think they'll come to play. You know, Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame, and whenever they step on the field, you know they they have great athletes and um, high character athletes and. I know they're they're working through some stuff, and but obviously an incredible program that everyone respects. So uh, I really think we're going to see a great football game, and I do think the Orange will prevail uh, by a couple scores. But you know, I, I think we're going to see a really good game. And Jake, we'll get you out of here on this one. You mentioned earlier you've had the opportunity to spend a lot of time on your passions over your life. Football, of course, music. You also mentioned startup tech. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you how you and the rest of the Syracuse gang are doing at Terzo, including Brandon Card, Eric Dungy, and Al Giacondi. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah, we just we just had an incredible win. I think I the last time I was on the show, we had we had uh I had told you that we had, you know, won over a big time Fortune 50 company. Uh, they actually allow us to use their name, but it was um, HD Supply, which is a subunit, uh, business unit of Home Depot. And I uh, was just signed them to a big time five year contract. And then uh, we just had another uh, very, very large uh, financial services company, a brand that everybody knows, commit to us as well. And a few other wins along the way. And, uh, you know, so we definitely have some momentum, but you know, selling during during a downturn, even if you have a great product, it's it's hard to get people to, you know, get budget approvals, et cetera. Uh, but you know, we know we have a product market fit, and we've seen this problem. And and you know, I could list ten companies that uh, you would recognize that uh, are still trying to figure out how to um, eliminate the manual processes involved with uh, stripping off contract data and putting it into uh, some sort of intelligent form, uh, whether it be a dashboard or not. But uh, we're trying to streamline those efforts and uh, consolidate both contract and vendor data into, you know, one centralized location. And uh, it's a field that's growing, and uh, contract lifecycle management uh, going to experience a lot of uh, compound annual growth over the next 10 years. So it's definitely the market's right there. And um, now the, the guys from the Q's, via the Terzo train, need to capitalize and uh, bring it home. And uh, we're actually uh, going, to going, going to announce the close of our Series A uh, via a very uh, popular uh, investment platform. And they're going to feature an article on us, so that's very exciting. So lots of good things there. and um, We just need to make it happen and keep doing what we're doing. Jake, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. Former Syracuse linebacker Jake Flaherty. Jake, have a great time singing the national anthem this weekend. Have a great time up in Syracuse. Enjoy the game. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot, Wes. Appreciate it. Awesome stuff from Jake, who, if you haven't already noticed, is one of the most multidimensional, talented people I've ever met. Always love catching up with him. And speaking of people I enjoy catching up with, I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? Thank you, Wes. I'm doing well. Brad, it kind of snuck up on us, but Syracuse basketball opens its exhibition season later tonight against Indiana, Pennsylvania, the first of two preseason tune-ups for the Orange. Brad, when it comes to games like this, what do you look out for? First of all, Wes, it's, it's exciting to see the team back on the court. Uh, the 2022-23 edition of Syracuse basketball uh, in the twilight of Jim Beheim's career. So, number one, it's exciting to see the team back on the court going up against a team with different colored uniforms. So even though it's an exhibition game, 
that's the fun part because of the competitive nature of it. And, of course, they're keeping score on the scoreboard. And what I look for in these exhibition games is, you know, the good plays, the the wow plays, the bad plays, the, ah, uh, you know, how could they make that play type of situation. And each year with Syracuse basketball and what's great about college hoops in general, there's new faces, the freshman class and, of course, of uh, most recent era, the transfer portal, so transfer players coming in. It's the new faces in the program, and you're certainly excited to see how they're going to make a contribution. And you know, someone of Jim Beheim's status and tenure, you're always eager to see how these players are going to fit in with a Hall of Fame coach in running his program. Also interesting to see how playing time is going to be distributed, uh, the starting five and then how soon he's going to go to the bench uh, during media timeouts or if game situations dictate a, a substitution, a player picks up a couple of quick fouls, that sort of thing. And also seeing how the team experiments in different game situations that are going to crop up during the regular season, such as, you know, defense. And we've heard a lot of talk in the preseason about this team not only playing 2-3 zone, but playing man-to-man, uh, putting on pressure against the opposition, the traps, uh, how they're going to run the inbounds plays when Syracuse has the ball and how they're going to defend it when the opposition has the ball. And then the overall pace of the game, the transition game, and how fast is Syracuse going to play. Those are among the items that I definitely look for uh, in, in exhibition play and especially the first uh, pre-regular uh, season game. Brad, what specific players are you going to be looking out for in this game? Well, Wes, I'll start with uh, the, the highlight players, uh, the returning starters, Joe Girard. Really going to be interesting to see him at the two all season as the shooting guard and how, how that uh, goes with his evolution as a player at Syracuse in his fourth season. Really interesting to see how they run the offense around to get Joe Girard the best shooting opportunities and we know how great a shooter he is. So that's going to certainly be interesting to see. Then Jesse Edwards in the middle. Uh, let's see how his four-year emergence at that position has come and uh, just how effective he's going to be in supplying an inside offensive game and then down at the back end on the 2-3 zone defense. And also interesting when Syracuse plays man defense, how he's going to be maneuvering underneath the uh, the hoop. Also then I would say Benny Williams. Uh, he's He's been an enigma so far in just a short tenure uh, in the Syracuse program. Uh, he had competition, international competition experience this summer playing for one of the USA basketball teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how he develops, what kind of contribution he's going to make on both ends of the court. And then we get to the new faces and really excited to see Judah Mintz at the point guard. Uh, Beheim has just had rave reviews about him. And so really going to be exciting to see how he fits into the role of leading the team as the point guard. And then the forwards, Chris Bunch and Justin Taylor have gotten a lot of acclaim during preseason. How are they going to contribute on both corners, you know, offensively and then underneath getting some rebounding. Then also, uh, one of the returnees then comes back to Samir Torrance. It's going to be interesting to see an experienced player, uh, how he fits into the three or potentially four guard rotation in the backcourt. Uh, then the next one would be Peter Carey. Is he going to be strong enough? Is he going to be uh, quick and agile enough to make a contribution against ACC competition in his first season? And then we get down to Kadir Copeland and Malik Brown, and we're already at 10 players, Wes, and 
we haven't even gotten to Manur Hima, the transfer, or John Bolajak, the returning big man. And we know that Coach Beheim rarely goes beyond playing nine players. So let's see how much playing time the entire roster of 11 main contributors gets in these two preseason games. But really excited to see the headliners, Gerard and Edwards, and then uh, freshman point guard men's. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Want to give a shout-out and congratulations to Syracuse football right tackle Dakota Davis. He was named this week as one of 73 semifinalists in the FBS ranks for the William V. Campbell Trophy from the National Football Foundation. And that's college football's premier scholar-athlete award. And no doubt why Dakota Davis is the nominee for Syracuse and has made it to be one of the 73 semifinalists. The redshirt junior out of Mount Airy, Maryland, has made the all-ACC honor roll for three seasons, the Syracuse Athletic Director's honor roll last year. He's likely to make the honor roll again this season. Uh, he started uh, games all, all, all seven games this year with 24 previous starts. And uh, he to be a, a candidate for this award, Wes, you have to be in your final year of eligibility uh, with a GPA of over 3.2, and that certainly fits Dakota Davis and a great leader and a great citizen. And he's great in the community, and he's been known by his teammates as being one of the big leaders on the offensive line. So congratulations to Dakota Davis. The uh, 12 to 14 finalists will be announced later this week, and then they'll also go to Las Vegas for the awards dinner in December. Congratulations to Syracuse right tackle Dakota Davis, a semifinalist for the William V. Campbell Trophy from the National Football Foundation. Brad, my closing thoughts are staying in the basketball world. The NBA season started last week, and Syracuse's newest additions to the NBA got their first game action. I'm, of course, talking about Buddy Beheim with the Detroit Pistons and Cole Swider with the L.A. Lakers. Neither of these teams is expected to be competitive this year, which should open up more opportunities for Beheim and Swider to get more minutes. But for undrafted rookies, they've already officially made their way into the NBA record books. Congratulations to them as they look to crack rotations in their respective teams. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that the key to life is balance, especially if you're on a ledge. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.